Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. He is the outstanding NFL reporter for ESPN. He is Sal Palantonio, who joins us right now. Sal, we've got uh, Steelers and the Patriots together on Sunday. We'll talk about that in a little bit here on ESPN Radio. But let's start here with the Chargers and Chiefs tonight. The battle between Herbert and Mahomes. And Chris and I were talking about this yesterday. He wasn't necessarily ready to buy in on it. Sal, could this be the next Brady Manning? Yeah, don't blink on this game tonight. Def- definitely don't blink because you- you're going to see some, you're going to see some unbelievable play. So you know, on the matchup show, we just watched these two quarterbacks, and you can't believe the throws that they make, and they make unbelievable throws look routine. Both of them have terrific arm strength. Both of them have great releases. Both of them have great uh, awareness of of the football field, sideline to sideline. And, um, I mean, don't blink tonight because this is this is the future right now. Sal Palantonio and the co-host of the NFL matchup show, The Pros, the, mm-hmm. the, the show The Pros Watch. I love that show every Sunday morning, Sal. Uh, but, but out of curiosity, one of the things that I noticed in the Chiefs game against the Cardinals in week one was how quickly the Chiefs were getting the ball out. They were tied for the sixth best average snap to throw time, which is a departure from what we've seen in the Pat Mahomes-Andy Reid era of Chiefs offense. And, Sal, I'm curious to know, how does that impact what we're going to see tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs offense? Well, I think things were more horizontal, right, Chris? Mm -hmm. So the ball was coming out more quickly. uh, And when we've seen Patrick Mahomes struggle, what have we seen? We've seen a guy who's patting the ball, looking to make the extra big play to Tyreek Hill downfield, getting himself into trouble. We saw it in the Super Bowl against Todd Bowles' defense. Uh, they they knew exactly what tendency they wanted to get him into, and um, of course, we all know what happened. He was running sideline to sideline at a, at a record pace. So this is you know this is the great thing about what Andy Reid does. He takes what he has uh, and he makes it spectacular. But the bottom line is that he's got really a player that's just super special. And the AFC is loaded with them. I mean, Herbert and Allen and Mahomes and, you know, just go down the list. It's unbelievable. Sal Palantonio with us, ESPN NFL reporter, host of NFL Matchup. It is every Saturday morning, 8.30 on ESPN, 2, 6.30 a.m. on Sundays on ESPN. It's him. It's Greg Cosell. It's Darius Butler. Sal, um, in tonight's game, outside of the two quarterbacks, what has your attention the most? Well, I think it's got to be the the Chargers pass rush. You know, um, I'm of a belief that if you watch Bosa, he will get too far out and too far behind the quarterback and allow, you know, like we've seen on film a lot of times. In fact, Darius Butler showed that in our first show where Bosa will get too wide or too deep and allow Mahomes to leak out and get those second reaction throws. It, ha- it has to, and Chris Candy, you, you're obviously ex- ex- very uh, familiar with this. You go back to the late great Jim Johnson, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, and how he defeated Michael Vick with a mush rush, you know, where you don't attack, you corral, you rodeo 
Um, and and I know you did that many times in your career when you had a guy who was great as a dual threat or second yep. reaction. And so I'm, I'm very anxious to see what what they do uh, on their front four because Mahomes just crucified the Arizona Cardinals blitz. I just looked up the numbers, Chris, before coming on your show. I got them from our great Ed, friend Evan Kaplan at ESPN Stats and Information. Arizona Cardinals led week one blitzing percentage on defense 51% of the time. No one else was over 40%. And they got crucified by Patrick Mahomes when they blitzed. Just absolutely crucified. So you, you can't, you just, if you try to attack this guy, he will take it and have a beautiful counter move and it's your toast. Sal, you and Chris Carlin are calling the Steelers Patriots game this weekend. How important is this game for the Patriots? You know, it's so funny, Chris, because I was doing exactly that kind of research, just talking to people around the team. And I got a text uh, at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and the text said, is it possible to have a must-win in week two Mm. for the New England Patriots? All right, let's go through their schedule for a second, right? They lost to Miami. After Pittsburgh, they have the Ravens coming in. No picnic. Then they got to go to Green Bay and play the Packers. I mean, if they lose in Pittsburgh, Chris, they're, they're looking at down the gun barrel at 0-4. So, I mean, this is a really big, big game for both of these teams, for the Patriots and the Steelers, but especially for the Patriots. Sal, you know, you were at uh, the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game this past week. Um, let's talk about the fact that they lost T.J. Watt, the Steelers did, and now they have to make up for that loss on a defense where they have an awful lot of money already invested outside of T.J. Watt. Where do you look to for the Steelers to try to at least not completely make up for it, because you can't do that, but to stem the tide a little bit? Well, you've got to play team defense. So let me flip the script. You know, when I'm on the air with you, I like to say flip the script. So let's <laughs> flip the script and look at the bottom of the blitz percentage week one in the NFL. On Sunday, the Steelers blitzed the Bengals on 9%, yes, 9, single digit, 9% of their plays on defense. That was the lowest of any AFC team on Sunday. And yet, they sacked Burrow seven times and forced five turnovers. So they played great. What did they do? They unleashed Watt and a four-man rush. They played cover two, had a robber. And, and just did a number on Burrow and that Bengals offense. So without Watt, that blitz number has to go up. Am I right about that? I mean, just it yep. has yeah. to. Because you're going to have to heat up Mac Jones somehow. Now, Mac Jones is not Burrow, and the Patriots don't have Jamar Chase. They don't have T. Higgins. T. Higgins obviously got a concussion last week, but, you know, they, they don't have the offensive firepower that the Bengals do. So you don't have to worry that much about heating Mac Jones up. So you're, that blitz number is going to go up. And it probably triples. It probably goes from 9% to somewhere around 30%. So it's 
So they're going to come after Mac Jones, and that's what I expect to happen on Sunday. And if they don't, you know, if they play a passive cover two and they let him sit back there, if you watch for all of the craziness that's going on with the Pats offense, they did move the ball last week, Chris. They only scored seven points because they had some bad situational plays, but they did move the ball. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Sal Palantonio on Canty and Carlin. And Sal Powell, one of the big storylines coming out of week one is what's going on with the 49ers quarterback situation. Trey Lance struggled mightily. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is on the offense. My question to you is, when you watch that game, was that more about poor play from Trey Lance or was that about the Chicago Bears? Well, I think it was definitely poor play by Trey Lance. I think that has to be one and one A for sure. Uh, you know, I, I I listened to Steve Young on PTI right before the season started, and he's talked about how much pressure there is on Trey Lance because, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, and the roster on pretty much both sides of the ball is Super Bowl ready. So he's taking over a Super Bowl ready, pretty much a Super Bowl ready situation. They were a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl last year. <clears throat> So, you know, it's, it's a tough thing for Trey Lance to come in there. And I know they're all in with them. And, you know, they want the idea that you have to dedicate a hat to Trey Lance as a runner. But, I mean, you know, you should be able to go into, notwithstanding the, the poor field conditions, you should have been able to go in there and win that football game. Sal, any particular snacks you want me to bring on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Twizzler guy, Starburst? What do you want? Hey, hey, Chris, it's week two. I gotta watch. I gotta watch my waistline. I want, I want to get to week seventeen. You know, come on. So we'll way, see you. On, really, are you guys really gonna go this entire show without asking me about the Eagles? All right, that's a whole other guys, My guys, Chris and Chris, did not ask me about my birds. Come on now. <laughs> Sal, we we'll don't do need to ask you about the Eagles. They're going to run away with the segment about the Philadelphia Eagles. Sal, <laughs> your Eagles are going to run away with the NFC East. We'll talk about, about them that. in January. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the Giants are for real. Sal, pal, we'll see you Sunday in Pittsburgh. Thanks, bud. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. How about that little nugget from Sal, pal? He thinks the Giants are for real. We got to get into that more Oof. with him next with week. With Daniel Jones? Up. Yeah. I don't know about that one. That- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Is that that Brock Heward? I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't know about oh, that. Sal <laughs> Palantonio, oh, ESPN, uh, do ESPN we have NFL that drop? reporter. I feel like that is, that's a drop we have to have. We do have that drop somewhere, don't we? We do. The Brock Heward. We we'll have to have it. that drop. Yeah. Sal Palantonio, ESPN, uh, NFL reporter. Awesome stuff. Don't forget the matchup show. Up next on Canty and Carlin. We have got plenty going on. What are you looking at me like that for? No, I'm looking at you so I you know. don't forget the fact that I have to do. I'm not forgetting anything. I gotta, just because I, gotta, I forgot it four other listen, times I gotta, today. I got to plug the company, man. I know. What do you want? Listen, just because I forgot it four other times okay. doesn't mean I'm going to forget it here. All right. Hey, up next, a new segment on the show. It's a fast-moving NFL segment. We call it Pacey NFL Segment. <laughs> That is on the way after Canty has got this from Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus is back in action with exciting new premieres like Disney's Pinocchio, Pixar's Cars on the Road, Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunder, Star Wars' Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, 
National Geographic's Epic Adventures of Bertie Gregory, and a new short from The Simpsons, Welcome to the Club. Plus, new episodes and specials like Marvel's She-Hawk, Attorney at Law, and Dancing with the Stars, the pros' most memorable dances. And this month only, get one month of Disney Plus for just $1.99. That's right. Offer available now through September 19th, then $7.99 a month. All these and more now streaming. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It's time for Canty and Carlin's Pacey NFL segment. I don't even know what Pacey means. What it means is we're going to move it along. You've seen, days of thund- You've seen Days of Thunder. You know NASCAR, the yes. pace car. It speeds out there, and then all the other cars follow behind. So we've all, every show's got these these strong, pacey NFL segments. It's about hitting. speed, baby. So we didn't even bother to name it. We just called it the pacey NFL segment. Yes. Evan Wilner is the host. Let's see if he can do his resets better this time than he did so last time. So you mean time. Evan is driving the pace car? Exactly. God help us. Yeah. New, New England at Pittsburgh. Chris Carlin, Sal Pal on the call. Noon pregame on ESPN Radio. Which quarterback is under a bigger spotlight? Mac Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Chris Carlin. Uh, Mac Jones is under a bigger spotlight because nobody seems to think you can win with Mac Jones long term. At least I don't think. When I say nobody, I mean me. Uh, I don't think you can win long-term. I don't know if he's the answer for the Patriots. He's decent, but he's not good enough. Mitch Trubisky just isn't good enough. And so for me, it's Mac Jones having to at some point be a force multiplier for the Patriots. That's why there's more pressure. We know Kenny Pickett's going to be the quarterback at some point for the Patriots. The Patriots didn't even know who the hell was calling the plays until the regular season started. We didn't know if it was going to be Joe Judge or Matt Patricia. They didn't name an offensive coordinator. I don't know how we can say Mac Jones is under the most pressure of these two quarterbacks going into week two. To me, it's clearly Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's the guy that shepherded an offense that needed five turnovers to produce, what, 13 points, 16 points, excuse me? It's absolutely ridiculous. Plus, we know the the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted a quarterback in the first round by the name of Kenny Pickett. Mitch Trubisky is just keeping the seat warm. In order to stave off Kenny Pickett, he's going to have to play well. That's why I think the spotlight is biggest, or is that is bigger, bigger on Mitch Trubisky. Next, Bengals at Cowboys. Which quarterback will be under more pressure due to the offensive line? So will be under more pressure from the pass rush, Cooper Joe Burrow or Cooper Rush? Ooh, I, I gotta go. 
I gotta go Cooper Rush on this one. Mm. I'm gonna go Cooper Rush being under the most pressure because just Cooper Rush doesn't have a whole lot of weapons to get the ball to. No. So I know the Cowboys are gonna do everything that they can to keep him out of harm's way. But that Bengals offense, even with Joe Burrow getting hit, is going to put up points, which dictates the complexion of the game, and they're going to have to drop back and throw the ball more than they want to. This is going to be a game where Cooper Josh is going to drop back 35, 40 times. He's going to be under the rest. But I thought it was as Zeke goes, so go the Cowboys. At least that's what the owner kept trying to tell us, which is obviously the lies he tells. The lies he tells. That's garbage. Uh, Look, bottom line here is that Cooper Rush is going to be under more pressure. Hello. I, I very much, under, you know, I like the pass rushers that Cincinnati has. They got good rushers. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Trey Hendrickson's a good player. I, I, I maybe it's just me. No, it's not just me. It's not I, just you. I, no. It, look, the Cowboys have pass rushers. They can get there. But I do think Cooper Rush is going to be under more pressure. And I also think that the Cincinnati line will play better this week. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, this is not pacey enough. We need to make it pacier. Oh, pacier? Okay. Yes. I can do pacier. Yeah, let's go. Make it pacier. Next. Cardinals, Raiders. Who needs a good performance more? Derek Carr or Kyler Murray, Carlin? Ooh. Uh, I think Kyler Murray does. He just got this big contract. And I know, like, you might think there's not pressure just because he got the money. But... That was not such a great week one performance for Kyler Murray. Uh, I'd like to see Kyler Murray play better. I think Derek Carr is just uh, Derek Carr at this point. I think he's pretty good, but then he can have the stinker every once in a while. No, Derek Carr has got to play better. With the weapons that Derek Carr has around him, Mm -hmm. Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, he damn well better play better. And I know that both quarterbacks got new contracts this offseason. Peel back the onion on that Derek Carr contract. That is a year-to-year proposition. And yes, in that is. division, if he doesn't play better, knowing that he's probably the lesser of the four quarterbacks, I could see a world where Josh McDaniels pulls the bungee cord fairly quickly. So Derek Carr's got to play better. Monday Night Football, ESPN, 7 p.m. We've got a doubleheader. Minnesota at Philadelphia. Who will be getting more MVP love on Tuesday, Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts, Canty? Kirk Cousins, man. Because he's throwing to Justin Jefferson, who right now is a top five receiver in the National Football League. Not to mention they got Adam Thielen. Not to mention they got K.J. Osborne and Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I like the direction of this Minnesota Vikings offense. But I think the biggest surprise was what their defense brought to the party with Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. So I I just, listen, man, Minnesota is one of those teams that we're going to have to look out for. I know, Carlin, you said they were a playoff team. Mm -hmm. They could be a division winning team. I'm not ready to go there yet. I'll go with you, though, on Cousins because I think there's a chance he has a a pretty big game uh, on Monday night. And, look, I don't think he's top five. I think he's top three. I I, I think it's Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and you can shuffle them in any order you want. Those are the three that I would roll with right now uh, as the best three in the game. And then don't forget about Thielen, too, because, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think in Kevin O'Connell's offense this year, is really set up to succeed and have a big season. I am not going to be stunned if he throws for 5,000 yards. By the way, the Minnesota offense the other day was actually pretty balanced right down the middle. Be careful here. This is going to be a very good offensive team. And it already had been in the past. It'll be even better. All right, give me a one-word answer. Who has more pressure in the Miami-Baltimore game, Tua or Lamar Carlin? Tua. Tua. 
Is that pacey enough? That's right. It. He said one. He said, said one word. He said one word answer. Yep. Well, give you one word answer. All right. There you Figure go. Out your you answers. really did never expected us to shut up, did you? No. No. <laughs> there you go. Good enough. <laughs> now we learn for next week. One word answers. Yes, I, w- I would give that debut of the Pacey NFL segment on our collective part uh, probably a C plus. I think we could do it better, and we will. Canty and Carlin, you're learning with us. You're growing with us. ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, my friends, coming up. Speaking of Tua, there is an awful big discussion to be had about this matchup with Lamar Jackson and the pressure that is involved. Tua said something today that you're going to want to hear, and it's an odd thing for a quarterback to say. That's next on ESPN Radio right after Canty has got this from Disney+. Plus. If you don't know, now you know. Disney Plus is back in action with exciting new premieres like Disney's Pinocchio, Pixar's Cars on the Road, Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunder, Star Wars, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, National Geographic's Epic Adventures of Bertie Gregory, and a new short from The Simpsons, Welcome to the Club. Plus, new episodes and specials like Marvel's She-Hawk, Attorney at Law, and Dancing with the Stars, The Pro's Most Memorable Dances. And this month only, get one month of Disney Plus for just $1.99. Offer available now until September 19th, then $7.99 a month. All these and more now streaming. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It's kind of going to be the other quarterback matchup in week two. It's Tua and Lamar. And yes, it is a distant second, if you want to say that, to to, uh, what we're going to see tonight between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Well, in one matchup, you have two proven quarterbacks. In the other one, you got one of the possible, right? Right. We're still trying to figure out whether or not Tua can be the guy. Lamar's got an MVP and a road playoff win in the resume. I don't know. Uh, you know, listen, when we're looking at matchups this weekend, Brissett and Flacco looks pretty good. Stop yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop yourself. Well, you can't help yourself. I don't understand. I, I'm sorry. It's, why do you, it's why, my you own a, little way you have of a penchant of trying to derail the segment. I just, no, I'm not even trying to derail the segment. I'm just taking a little slap. But the, the thing is that I'm – to it to me is – just going to be something that we're going to be talking about all year. And you uh, brought this up during our production call. Lamar Jackson is from Miami area. Mm-hmm. This is 
a season where he is betting on himself, and we know that the the, uh, Baltimore Ravens are going to do everything within their power to keep him. But could it possibly be that, depending on how Tua plays this year, Lamar Jackson could be trying to get to Miami next year? And this could actually be Tua facing the guy that might replace him. Now, I'm skeptical that that could be the case, Mm. but I'm less skeptical than I would have been two or three years ago, given all the quarterback movement we've had. Well, yeah, Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a long-term deal with the Baltimore Ravens, and we got the report last week that he turned down an offer of $250 million with $130 million guaranteed. So until they get a long-term deal done, there's always going to be speculation around Lamar wanting to leave Baltimore. And here's the other thing. Lamar Jackson actually liked a tweet on social media of him in a Dolphins uniform. So I'm not sure if the open flirtation is just an opportunity to create more leverage against the Baltimore Ravens in order to get the deal that he's looking for. But Lamar Jackson is from South Florida. Yes. So there is the potential for him to want to go back home. And we do know the Miami Dolphins were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes once upon a time. They were interested when Brian Flores was their head coach. So if you start reading the tea leaves there, you can see a world where it's possible if Tua doesn't work out where the Miami Dolphins decide, you know what, we're going to take a big swing. We've had it with trying to draft and develop quarterbacks. Didn't work out with Tua. Didn't work out with Tannehill. Maybe we're moving on and we're going to get a guy like Lamar Jackson and we'll pay him whatever he wants to be paid to bring him back home. Look, it would be well worth it if the Dolphins are thinking about that. But it's funny that no matter what with Tua, until he can prove that he can throw the football consistently down the field enough to where it's just a threat, to where it's something the teams have to respect, it's going to be awfully hard for people to buy in that he is a long-term answer for the Miami Dolphins, especially when you have somebody like Tyreek Hill and they've invested everything they have in him. Well, here's the thing. Drew Brees couldn't push the ball downfield, but he's had a Hall of Fame career. So it's not necessarily about making sure that you're you know, providing this big play threat in the vertical passing game. Now, you do have to have some elements of it. And You've got to have big, some accuracy beyond big, 20 yards. And a big part of that is the timing of it, right? Yeah. They, they, they've spent so much time getting these fast receivers, guys that can get downfield quickly, so you can have that timing passing game when it comes to throwing outside of the numbers beyond 20 yards. I think that was the impetus behind trading for Tyreek Hill. That's why they drafted Jalen Waddle, not just the catch-and-run opportunities underneath, but making sure that you can get those guys to get those releases on the outside and have Tua hit his back foot after a five-step drop and throw it up there and give him a chance. Kind of like what you saw from Ryan Fitzpatrick once upon a time when he tried to push the ball downfield. It would always be predicated off of timing. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be a situation where he's going through a progression and then unleashing a bomb because he doesn't have that kind of arm talent. That's what we're looking for from Tua, and I think he can find a way to be effective. But, Carlin, we're in year three. After this season, the Dolphins have to have an answer because they've got to make a decision on his contract. It's the first time he's going to be eligible for an extension. And usually teams, after three years, they make the decision, are we going to extend this guy or are we going to move on from this guy? They've eliminated all the excuses as to why Tua can't get it done. They upgraded the offensive line. They got our better weapons this offseason in the backfield and at the receiving core. He's going to have to produce. They have a championship-caliber defense. This team overall is willing to win if the Miami Dolphins are in a playoff outfit it will be because of Tua nobody else one year from now Tua not the quarterback of the Dolphins I'll make that proclamation
Do you believe I'm right or wrong on that? I can't say that you're wrong, Carla, because I haven't seen enough of the guy. He can't stay healthy. And so that's a big part of being a franchise quarterback. you got to stay healthy. I need a bigger sample size. But, again, if we get to the end of the season, for whatever reason, if the Dolphins aren't in the playoffs or at least knocking on the playoffs, then they've got to consider moving off a tour. And, listen, moving in the direction of Lamar Jackson, it ain't a bad place to go. And before fans completely dismiss the idea because the Baltimore Ravens can use the franchise tag, think about this. Lamar Jackson doesn't have to sign a franchise tag if they place it on him. He doesn't. And remember this. Diana Rossini with us the other day and then earlier today, too, did not rule out the possibility that Lamar at some point is not playing the entire season. Did not rule that out. Which she restated today yeah. on television. Yeah. Keep it just and keep this in mind. She's also the last person to talk to Lamar about his contract. Because he's not talking about it anymore. Respectfully. Yeah. That's how he said it. Respectfully. Yep. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Up next, the Cowboys. They're looking for answers all over the place. One is arriving a little bit sooner than anticipated. We'll tell you what we mean next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Penn State has got some issues with traveling. Uh, they are taking on Auburn this week. Okay. Okay. So, according to Audrey Snyder of The Athletic, Montgomery Regional Airport down in uh, Alabama is under construction. One third of the runway is closed at this time. It means Penn State's charter flight wouldn't be able to land at the airport on Friday as previously expected. Uh, This is from Auburn's associate AD. I guess federal government work doesn't stop for the football season, contrary to what the world believes. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What is the ugliest travel story that you have had from your Playing or broadcasting base. Ugliest travel story. I don't. I can't remember, Carlin. Probably because I blocked it out of my mind. Yeah. But the one that that is the funniest to me, and I love telling the story, is after we won Super Bowl Forty Six in Indianapolis, we pull up to the airport as the Patriots are boarding their team plane. Oh, and that's so, not awkward. And, and so, yeah, it's a little strange, but you know, they're they're almost done with the boarding process when we get started. So, the air traffic controllers at the airport in Indianapolis are telling us, hey, you know, we're just waiting on you guys. And we're saying, well, why are you guys waiting on us? I guess because they're an AFC town. They made the decision that they were going to hold the Patriots plane until we boarded and took off because we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> to the riches, to the to the victors go the spoils. It's to the victors go the spoils, but I feel like there is a whole lot of petty there too. Uh, it's sure. like anytime we can slight the New England Patriots, anytime we can kick them when they're down, we're going to take an opportunity to because the Colts for the longest time had a hard time getting past that hump that was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. There's something about Bill sitting on the runway. 
right? Just sitting on the tarmac. <laughs> Bill Belichick sitting Wait, on the tarmac. Wait, why are we in the area? Exactly. Oh, my God. Exactly. The only, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had any nightmare, nightmare scenarios. But there was one time where I thought it was over. What do you mean? Where I, I thought the plane was going down. Really? And I was going to spring training. I used to do the Mets pre and post game. Okay. And so I was headed down to spring training with my wife, and we're flying down to West Palm, and then just out of nowhere, boom, massive, massive thump. Two flight attendants go flying, smack their heads on the ceiling, they go down, and the plane is going down, like for a good 20 seconds. So in your mind, what, what, what were you thinking? In that moment, what it's were you over. Thinking? Your life, did your life flash before your eyes? Did no, you think about no? I, 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 the only thing I can did remember. Did you hug who was next to you? When my happened? wife was with me. Yeah. So did you hug her? Did she you kiss grabbed her? my hand and just very calmly said, "Okay, so this is it." I'm like what? <laughs> Dak Prescott. This is one of the best players in the league. Got hit into the like, helmet or the hand of Shaq Barrett. He's out of the game. And all of a sudden, now you're going to take him away? Yes, he has an injury above his joint and his thumb up here. And I wouldn't give up a second or a third round pick for someone like Jimmy G or Tyler Huntley because I think right now it's really hard for them to control the line of scrimmage. Well, in regards to that, Trying to c- control the line of scrimmage for the Cowboys. It's going to get a little bit easier sooner rather than later. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, Cowboys head coach, at his press conference this week on the progress that Jason Peters is making, who you'll remember signed a practice squad deal recently. He stepped, definitely stepped it up from last week. And, you know, he, he's, he's uh, right on schedule based on the plan, you know, it's, you know, I compare it to ramp up cause that's really, you know, the conversation that Jason and I had from, from day one. So, um, you know, he, he did, he did more yesterday than he did Wednesday and Thursday last week. Uh, we look to increase that today, you know, as far as the lineup, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, that's, that's to determine, but you know, we, we're, we're talking about the same options that you've, you've mentioned. Well, ain't but two options. Yeah. What What are the options? <laughs> is he going to play on the left side or is he going to play on the right side? He's going to play. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> what, what are the other options? Carla, help me out now. What are the other options, man? I didn't know that there were any other options there for aren't. Jason Peters. There aren't. Uh, they're going to put him in there for Tyler Smith or what are they going to do? Uh, that's I, I, that's I, what I guess, it is. That, like, that's, that's, I mean, I guess, I guess they could consider him at guard. Jerry kind of. Would you, would you consider him at guard? About, well, but here's the thing. No. And you know why? Because a few years ago, that was talked about with the Eagles, and he put the big kibosh on that one pretty quick. Yeah, but that was a different situation, and he was a different player, if we're being, if we're being honest. I understand, but do you think, it, knowing Jason Peters, well, here's, do here's, we think he's coming in on anything but his terms? No, and here's what I'll say. I feel more comfortable about Jason Peters playing left tackle and bumping Tyler Smith into a left yes. guard role, especially with Connor McGovern being injured. You, you've got you've got a need at that spot, so do that, and then you let your right side stay the same with Terrence Steele, who needs to get a lot better, and Zach Martin. Yeah, and roll like that, and Tyler Biotis is your center. I don't need to play Jason on the right side when he's going to be most comfortable. Like I need to eliminate. Where is he comfortable? Left, left tackle. tackle. Yeah, and he can do it. He yeah. showed you last year in Chicago. I can still play left tackle, and and so, I don't know how he's still doing this at his age, but he's still a good play. He's still a winning player. Here's my point. When when he, but when I have him at that age, 
I want to remove every variable for him that I can. Yes. So that means I'm going to play him on the left side. Yeah, and the young guy can. The young guy Tyler Smith was going to play inside this year anyway, right? Mm-hmm. That was the plan. He was going to start this year inside, and we'll see what happens. Now Jerry insinuated this week that it not even insinuated, basically said could be even sooner. I have to tell you, the way he's talking about all these injuries, and I know how much he wants to win, but it just it sounds like we are just throwing darts at the wall here, praying that something is going to work. And you're going to rush Jason Peters in there at his age. He did play last year, but that feels, it feels like we are really, really down to brass tacks in terms of the desperation to win this year. And I just, I think he's trying to make it happen a little too hard when the biggest issue he has is that his quarterback is not going to be out there for four to six weeks, roughly. Well, you say that's the biggest issue that they have. and I'm They not, have plenty of issues. They've got that's a ton, the biggest they got, one. they got a ton of issues, yes. man, because, I mean, even with their quarterback out there, they weren't very good against the Bucs. But, but we both know that they have no shot without him. No shot, but that's why he's rushing them back. That's why he's doing everything that he can to shore up the offensive line. I don't blame Jerry for doing that. He's got over $200 million invested in the payroll. I mean, what do you want him to do, to punt on the season? No, he's got to try to make the best of a bad situation. And to me, pushing these guys into the lineup sooner than everybody expected, Jason Peters, and trying to get Dak Prescott back in three or four weeks, I understand the logic. And here's the thing, Carlin, if it doesn't work, so what? No one's the wiser because your season was over with anyway. It doesn't matter. So why not push Dak Prescott to get back sooner rather than later? Why not push Jason Peters' timeline up to get him in the lineup? It makes sense to me because if you don't have those guys, then you're not going to have any shot. Cooper Rush is not going to be a guy that can hold down the fort for the Dallas Cowboys for the next five or six weeks. If it takes that long, then guess what? The season's over anyway, and you're playing for draft picks. Well, Mike McCarthy says there's no limitations on what they can do with Cooper. As far as Cooper Rush, you know, we don't feel like there's really any limitations on on what we want to do. I mean, he's he's as rehearsed in this offense as anybody. You know, him, him and Kellen. I mean, they go back, you know, to prior to when I when I got here. So, um, and that's really the way we go about it. And it's no different with the left guard, the left tackle. You know, that, that's all part of the game plan process. Yeah, the problem is is that this is an impossible – it may be no different in your mind is what you're saying, but we know there's a massive difference and there's a massive talent drop-off. Yeah, he's a backup quarterback. Yes. So you might not have any limitations in terms of his understanding of the playbook, but the execution part of it is a different story. And so the offense is going to look different. I mean, his ability to be able to push the ball downfield to make tight window throws is going to be different. He's not going to be as consistent as Dak Prescott in that regard. So you have to plan accordingly. And to me, a big part of that plan has to be the defense stepping up. Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Donovan Wilson and Mm. Trayvon Diggs, they all have to be true pressure players, create turnovers, create field positions, steal extra possessions in order to make life easier for Cooper Rush in that offense. If that doesn't happen, that offense is going to continue to struggle. Week two starts tonight. Thursday night football, Amazon Prime, Chiefs and Chargers. Why it's going to be difficult for an AFC West team to make the Super Bowl. We explain next.
Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.